Hey, this is Eastlake BBA, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you. We hope this builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Hi, I'm Luis, and I'm an alcoholic. Uh, I just want to say thank you for everyone for, who's here tonight with us. Uh, thank you, Dennis, for going to uh, Dunkin' Donuts and uh, getting coffee for us. Um, the gate was closed, so we couldn't make any coffee downstairs. And I didn't know that they sold those travelers at Dunkin' Donuts, which is much quicker and closer than uh, Starbucks for us. So thank you for that. So I was praying earlier um, for a topic. I usually don't come with notes. I just go right from the heart. But God put a topic in my heart, and I need notes and to make sure that I, that I do my best. So this is a really rough draft. So October 28th. I bought a hoodie um, right after a concert. Uh, I went to this concert with my kids. It has a message on the back that says, God can do anything you know far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. And when I bought this hoodie, I was entering a new season of my life that was very difficult and would last nearly four years. It was a season of separation for me. And uh, my biggest fear at the, at the start of the season was the only way my kids could grow up to have a normal life was that if my wife and I um, stayed together. But I was blind to the fact that things at home were unhealthy. Um, there's nothing normal at home anymore. And so when I bought this hoodie, I could not imagine what God would do in my life and through me. So the topic that came up, well, actually, so, so today when I was praying and while I was waiting for God to direct my thinking, I opened up a book on life recovery and inside I found the following list. The 12 Truths of Recovery. So I read the list and immediately thought about the promises mentioned in the big book of AA. And I reflected and I wondered, how many times does the word gift appear in the big book of AA? Any guesses? 28 mentions, at least 28 mentions. My Kindle app found. Here are a few of them. From the stories of part three, they, lostly, they lost nearly all. Story number six, Building a New Life is the title. Let me read it again. Building a New Life. And when I read that title, I saw two things. Building. Who's building? And on page 62 of the big book, it reads, We are now at step three. Many of us said to our maker as we understood him, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and do with me as I will. Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help. Of thy power, thy love, thy way of life, may I do thy will always. What is God building with me? A new life. You know, when I got here, I didn't want anything to do with God. I just wanted you guys to show me how to live sober and then go back out to my to my messy life. 
and try to try to repair it again, try to build up my sandcastle. So Easter is less than three weeks away. And my daughter and I were talking about the Easter bunny. She's seven years old, and she knows that chickens lay eggs, but the Easter bunny brings them. And she knows, to my surprise, that really it's the parents that paint and hide the eggs. I didn't know she knew that. As, God, as a good father this year, I will buy my kids new baskets so they can participate in the Easter egg hunt. So you know, um, so you may be wondering what does it all have to do with the 12 gifts of recovery? Well, on page 62 in the big book, it reads, this is the how and why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we decided here and after the drama of life, God was going to be our director. He is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father, and we are his children. Last week, Isaac shared his experience, strength, and hope with us. If for any reason you are not here, you can listen to his share on the podcast at eastlakebva.com. Isaac said, the people I saw here were happy and free and had something that I wanted. And his sponsor said to him, if you just keep coming back and work these steps, your life is going to change completely. You'll be amazed on what happens if you work these steps and keep coming back. Some of us here tonight are new here. Some of us are new here tonight. Some of us have been hanging around meetings and have not started on the 12 steps program of recovery found in the big book of AA. On page 72 it reads, we have been trying to get a new attitude and a new relationship with our creator and to discover the obstacles in our path. You know, there was something that I forgot to read from the get, which was on that hoodie, it says, and I didn't see it at the beginning because it's like on the hood part and smaller, but it says live with expectancy. And um, again, in the back it says, God can do more than we, we could ever imagine in our wildest dreams. And it's like, not until later, I just bought a hoodie at the beginning, right? I had no idea what was going to come after the, buying this hoodie. But now I live with expectancy, so which is, now let me just share the rest of this. So before I read, that, read you the 12 gifts of recovery, I wanted to say this set-aside prayer. God, please enable me to set aside everything I think I know for an open mind and new experience. Help me see the truth about this book, the meetings, and the 12 steps of my disease. So the 12 steps, the 12, so when I went to write the, down the 12 gifts of recovery, I looked at the list and I was like, wait, that's not the list that I was looking at earlier. It was right before and it actually says the 12 laws of recovery. And I was like, oh my God, I, it's almost time to get here. What am I going to do? And as I started looking at the list, I saw, oh, the, the gifts are within the laws too. You know? And so here it says, these, I quote, these laws highlight irrefutable truths that you will discover in yourself as you experience recovery while following the 12 steps. They provide evidence of the progress you have made and highlight places where growth is still needed. And as you experience these laws, you will find perhaps, to your surprise, that the laws of the recovery often give back what they initially seem to take away. If the word laws doesn't work for you, use principles, use truths, right? 
use a word that works for you. But the first one is, powerlessness will result in strength. And that's become true in my life. You know, when I got here, I was totally powerless over uh, my addictions and my uh, alcoholism. But at some point, I tapped into this new power that God had promised that, that would happen in my life. It says, we struggle with the feeling of powerlessness because it feels so much like we are helpless, but God often works healing in our lives through what to us is weakness. It is paradoxical that we experience recovery in our lives. We will find that there is great strength in recognizing our powerlessness. Number two is humility with, will result in honor. In our journey of life recovery, it is easy to take pride in the positive changes we are making in our lives. But it, in God's plan, honor is not something we should seek. It's something we receive as we learn to live in humility. Um, connection will result in love. You know, it's funny because I thought I knew what love was when I got here. But the reality is I was just chasing pleasure. It says, we will, we will all long to be loved, but we overlook the fact that being loved always takes place in an emotionally connected relationship. Prior to our recovery, we lived in an emotional isolation from others. But God designed us to, for connection, for relationship. And that's the only context in which we can experience true love. You know, um, when I got here, I, I was really angry at my dad. My heart was closed completely to him. I stopped being a son to him. And I was able to forgive him, but it takes time to relate to someone. And, you know, we didn't have much in common. And unfortunately, um, I was just afraid to take that next step in trying to relate to him towards the end because he was sick. He was dying of cancer, and, um, you know, I just, I, I just wasn't there yet. Uh, willingness, but I was able to see how much he loved me. You know, I was able to see everything he was doing for me as an adult dying of alcoholism. And for that, I'm grateful that I, was able, I got my sight back here. Willingness will result in growth. There is the childlike part within all of us that wants to say, I can do it on my own, and I can do it my way. But true recovery in our lives begins when we are willing to do it God's way. That's not easy, but without a willingness to be open to God's plan, we will limit our growth. It all begins with a willing and open heart. How much time do I have? I, I'm not oh, okay. Sacrifice will result in fulfillment. I'm almost done. Bef number f sacrifice will result in fulfillment. Faith will result in hope. In God's plan, so this is number six, in God's plan for our recovery, problems and trials are part of the path that leads in a hope that will not disappoint us. It is all in how we handle our problems and trials. And when we endure the hard stuff, we build strength of character, which builds our faith. You know, and I forgot to highlight the promise, the gifts, but character is one of them, and uh, which then builds our faith. It is the faith which leads to a hope built on knowing we are loved by God. And hope is another one of the gifts of recovery. Surrender will result in victory. Every day is a day when we must, and this is right out of the book, Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will in all our lives, in all our activities. How can I best serve thee, 
Thy will, not mine, be done. Here, willingness is coupled with surrendering. When we truly surrender ourselves, we are saying to God, Your will, not mine. Number eight, service will result in reward. Our acts of service are not to be done in order to gain a reward. Um, but those of us who have taken others through the steps, you know, um, it just fills me up. Being able to see the lights turn on in the eyes of someone across the table from me, seeing their lives as mine being transformed by the love of God. Um, and that is the reward. Confession number 10. Confession will result in healing. You know, today I was on the call with my spiritual dad, and I was sharing with him some things that happened earlier in, in March. And so you, will, you may have wondered why it is so important to confess your inventory. This is our step five. To another person as part of your recovery. Healing comes as a result of confessing. We experience something powerful when we confess our shortcomings and failures, and not only do not only to God, but also to another person. And what I'll share there is um, someone recently in my life that's very close and dear to me. I've come to that point where um, they're not, I can't confess to them. They're no longer my accountability partner, right? It's no longer healthy. And I'm grateful that God brought other people, you know, that are part of my new inner circle. And so it allows me to have a, a relationship with this person, but to a point, you know, but to a point. And um, restitution will result in closure. Not all acts of restitution are financial repayments, although they can be a very effective way in some circumstances to make restitution. But we need also to make a restitution for emotional hurts or other non-financial issues. Until we explore ways to make all kinds of restitutions, which is our step nine, we will struggle with moving on, experiencing closure. The last one here is responsibility will result in security. This one is the most obvious results of our experiencing recovery. We have not only made restitution, and we also have begun to act responsibly in the areas of our lives. Responsibility is living up to our part of life, not blaming or expecting someone else to make up for our lack. We experience a genuine sense of security when we are doing our part, living responsibility in our everyday lives. So, uh, you know, God, we have, we could choose God to be our director, or if we haven't, we could choose to have a more intimate and deeper relationship with our Creator. And if we see, in my experience, if we see Him as God the Father, as a good father, then, then we can start to live with expectancy that he comes bearing gifts. And so um, that's what I have to share with you tonight. Thanks. Thank you, ladies. Janice, um, alcoholic, codependent. Chaos creator, overeater. Should I go on? <laughs> I'll quit going to programs because I <clears throat> knew I would probably belong to them too. So I have a tr 
tremendous spiritual malady. Not only I have a tremendous spiritual malady, um, I also, before I came in the program, I was not balancing the triangle at all. Um, but after coming to the program, I remember the first time I was asked to speak on step six. Now, step six is one paragraph. And um, the thing that foc I focused on was the willingness as being, as being indispensable. And willingness to be able to come into these rooms. It took me five months to get into these rooms. Sat in the middle of the room and wanted to leave. But because of my codependency, I was too embarrassed to get up and leave. <clears throat> Stayed away for a couple of months and then came back. Thinking that uh, I just wanted to come to lose the weight and then leave. You know, I was an atheist and that was it. They were not going to convince me that there was a God or any of that. Um, but when I found the process of the Big Book Awakening, um, I wanted to be happy. I wanted to be free of what I saw these people, you know. And, um, and I was willing to go to any lengths. And I, I did the work over and over and over again. And I was very willing. And I got a lot of the promises, you know. Um, and the one I didn't expect to get um, was the power that came through. Um, However, with the power, there is honor, and there's responsibility. Um, and what I see these days, um, through my process of, of recovered and being basically in the 10th, 11th, and 12th step, um, the one thing that I needed to have, or I'm recognizing, is, is the responsibility within myself. You know, with myself, and also with the, um, with my external world, and how it comes in and I interpret that external world. It's my, it's the responsibility for me to go in and turn to God to get a new perspective, you know. Because my first, I will probably be like this for the rest of my life, I don't know. Um, there's this two-year-old in me that, you know, interprets the world out there as a two-year-old, you know. and. You know, I need to get my way, and I it needs to be done this way, and so forth. And um, that's the responsibility that I need to turn to God. Okay, and um, 
And when I do, I do get a new perspective. Um, and this program is, is just absolutely amazing. Um, Louise, thank you very much for sharing. I um, loved how you related um, a, an outside source to the 12th step. And I do that so much. You know, I do a lot of reading, I do a lot of listening, and I'm constantly, this is, this is my, my book of life. And I'm constantly referring back to this book. Yes, this confirms that. This is what Bill wrote, what Bill was directed by God to write, you know, is in fact uh, something I can live by. And it's changed my life. I, uh, to the degree where, you know, I feel like sometimes I have to do something but when it really all turns out to be that I don't have to do anything, you know? If I just sit back and I breathe and I allow the power to come in and ask it to direct me, all the things in my external world will just come and go and it'll all be settled without me even doing anything. Yeah, sometimes I have to do some action, um, but I have to really be cautious on the action I do, because the action sometimes, I, I don't want it to, to turn into chaos, you know? I don't want it to where I have to do an amends to somebody, you know? I'm very cautious about that. Um, so, uh, that's all I really have to say. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you. Hi, Dennis Alcoholic. Uh, sorry about the shades. I left my glasses at home, and if I don't have these on, I won't be able to see you at all. So I kind of have to have them on. It's not that my future's that bright. It's just I, I need to see y'all. Um, I'm relatively new to the program. Been here for a few months. Had a couple of relapses, so I'm not that deep in the book or knowledgeable on the um, 12 Promises. I've uh, relapsed twice. The longest stretch I've had is 77 days. Tomorrow will be my third time over the 30-day hump, so hopefully third time's a charm. Um, the thing I was thinking about today for some reason was the, the 12 steps, and he said something that kind of made a click in my head. I was like, why in the 12 steps, if this is an alcoholic program, is alcohol only mentioned once, and it's in the first step, you know, saying your prowess over alcohol? What are the rest of the steps going to do for me to make me not drink? Is it that simple as they say is don't take the first drink, put the plug in the jug and all those other sayings they have for it. And I was like, if it's that simple, what are the other steps for? And when he said it, and he said it twice, and I don't know if he felt my thing today, but he was like to build a better, would you say build a better future? Life. Build a better life. And I guess that's what the rest of the steps do. Um, they help you clear your wreckage of the past um, and, and teach you a better way to move forward and a better way to live. So, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> um, thanks, Dennis, alcoholic. Hi, my name is Arlene, alcoholic slash meth coke addict. Hi, Arlene. Hi, I think this is my fourth Monday now. Great. Yeah, um, I've managed to stay sober. Haven't had a relapse, thank God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Thank you. Um, it's been pretty hectic. I'm in the middle of moving. So I, I, I finally got my books and I feel kind of guilty because I haven't even been able to, <laughs> to open it and, and read it. I haven't been able to pick out my sponsor, but I hope um, once I transition, I'll be able to, to get all of that going. Uh, but the stories that everybody shares here, um, you know, you take it home, you reflect. Uh, and, you know, I've had a few aha moments <laughs> here and there. Um, if you're a mom, you probably know that uh, the shower is like the our best epiphany moments because you can let it all out and nobody hears you. <laughs> um, so it, it's been strengthening just at being here and listening to everybody's story, different, um, you know, everybody comes from different paths and different places. But at the end of the day, we all connect because we all have this struggle to know how to, you know, have a social drink like a normal person um, that doesn't exist. Uh, you know, you're just not gonna stop with, with one. Um, and for now, even though I haven't been able to do my sponsor and get into the, you know, fully into the steps, um, just coming here, church on Sundays, has uh, been very helpful. It's kind of like been my strength and, you know, um, my son was like, oh, how are you going to the meeting? We have to move, like there's still a mess here. And, you know, I'm like, because I, I have to, it's just like the only thing that I'm kind of like clinging on to. So I just want to say thank you, guys. Thank you for having me here. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> thank you. Hello, everybody. Stosh, alcoholic. Hi. Um, you know, it's, uh, I've been struggling the last couple weeks. And the reason is, um, went during my sobriety, I'm eight months, three weeks. Um, I was living at home with my wife, and uh, we've, since uh, the discovery of my di addiction, we've had the conversation of got to move out, which happened two weeks ago. And uh, when he's talking about the list of gifts or things like that, there's some things he mentioned that um, hit home that was, uh, you know, your emotional struggles. Um, and then hitting problems and trials. And boy, I tell you, I feel like I'm on trial right now. And, uh, you know, living at home at the time, I was going through the program, working, I got a job, and I teach architecture at school, uh, trying to save money again and build the business back up. Um, but moving out was tough. Um, not only did I move out, um, I still had to pay, you know, half the mortgage and stuff, which I agreed to for a while. Um, but I moved into a, this empty apartment in this coming neighborhood by myself with no furniture. And immediately I felt disconnected with the world. And my emotions are just eating me alive. And, uh, you know, I was driving around most of the day, so... The only time I went back to the, down to the apartment was just to go home and go to sleep. Because sitting in an empty room is depressing to begin with. And you sit there just with your thoughts. 
it was a struggle. It's been a struggle, even today. Uh, my first week I moved in there, the car went out. The second, third day I was there, someone broke in the lower unit and tried to steal all the copper. All the water busted the pipes. I had to go stay at a hotel for three days. And I'm going, this has got to be a test. And I'm like, God. And you know, I pray every night, you know, to keep me on my journey to find joy. Um, and recently I just feel like I've been disconnected. So I go out and just go to restaurants and so I can reconnect with the world, talk to people and have good conversations, some laughs, um, and work. Um, but I tell you, you know, when you stop drinking, I don't have any urges, but the emotional battle I'm, I'm facing now has been tough. Uh, you know, I don't have a significant other right now or anything like that. And all my old friends are gone because they're drinkers. So it's like, wow. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta get, you know, get back into the world somehow, but not the way you did before, you know. And uh, Sunday, I came this close to walking into the Regal just because I, I wouldn't go in there and drink, but just to sit down with my pals and just have a good conversation, but I didn't. And it's funny that, uh, well, you know, part of, I, right now, this not drinking is the easy part. It's the emotions. Um, I called my therapist my second day there, sitting in my apartment, and I was like, I don't know, this is a good idea. <laughs> and, you know, he said, well, look, it's, uh, it's, it's temporary. And just look at the positive. You know, it's not going to be there forever. Uh, I'm working a lot, saving money. Uh, still got a lot of things I have to do at the house. Um, and it seems like it got cold there all of a sudden. And, and I feel like I'm being tested. And uh, I just pray every day I get through it. So... Um, so I, I guess the point is, it's like, wow, sobriety is not just not drinking. It's uh, facing, reconnecting with the world and, and dealing with, you know, you're kind of lonely at first because you're not with your whole group of friends and your whole network and fabric of people you, you dealt with and talked with every day. And uh, I went to a movie by myself the other day. <laughs> and... Uh, it's, I don't know why it's bringing me down, because I keep looking and keep praying that the next day be better. It is. Um, that's the struggle, too, is getting reconnected with the world. And um, My brother-in-law passed away last week from alcoholism. <laughs> the last thing I ever want to do in my life again is drink, that's for sure. Um, but uh, those 12, those lists, uh, seem to be the right things to hear today. So I'm glad he came. So thank you. Thank you, Scott. Hi, I'm David and I am an alcoholic. And uh, thank you, Luis. I just love the way you started everything, you know, just about the magic word, God, 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 God. Yeah, again, God, and it's amazing when when this thing works for you, you know. I mean, I'm tired of sharing, you know, that when I just joined Alcoholics Anonymous this last time, God is the last thing I have in my mind. 
And uh, now, well, Louis just mentioned it, I can live without God. I will not survive without God. And I will not have a good day without God. See, what happened is, uh, you know, Louis was mentioning, you know, to build a new life. Uh, let me tell you guys, thank you, thank, thank, thank you for letting me build a new life. You know, my days now are, my God, heaven compared with any other days. You know, I like to, to talk about what is happening in my daily basis. You know, you all know that I'm a chef. And I have, I have a tremendous, tremendous business last week and this week. And I don't have help, you know. And uh, before, I used to be crazy. I used to be nuts. I used to blame everybody and curse to everybody and offend everybody and call people names every single day. And you know, with my new life and with God by my side, now I look for solutions not a problems. You know, Luis, I can remember whatever he was mentioning, but I did it in backwards now, in reverse. Everything that it was a problem for me, I had a solution. You know why? Because God is by my side and he has a solution, not me. When you leave it up to him and you just do what you're supposed to do, things work for you magically. I'm amazed by what's happening to me again. Last year I have a tough year. This year is again a tough year, but it's I'm in ease. You know, and I have humility now. Louis will mention it that, you know, this arrogance that I had before are almost disappeared. I have to watch out though. I have to pray to God every single hour of my my day. You know, let's listen to this. Last week, I supposed to have 15 people working for me on Saturday. It was only five of us. And I was delegating every single body and I was telling everybody what to do and I told them not to panic because everything will be okay. And I knew everything would be okay. You know, these five of us could not have done all the work that we need to do to do because it was it's impossible. We had five different banquets. So we had to have five different three or four different chefs besides the lead chef in every single banquet. But uh, uh, my boss and I talked about this and I said, look, you know, you gotta call these companies and let's tell these people to meet us in the banquet sites, on the buildings, in the venues and everything will be okay. And you know the answer to that, everything was okay. Every single thing was okay. You know, I worked that day like 13 hours without a break. and hardly any, any food in my, in my system. My mommy chef does the ironic thing, you know, we don't eat, you know? And, uh, and if I did that a few years ago, I would become home all smelly or angry, all tired, and 
all unhappy and complaining about my day. You know, working 13 hours is not easy for a guy like my age, you know. And I came, you know, in, I put my, in my radio all the spiritual things, you know, all the spiritual prayers and all this nice stuff that I now, my new life, like Louis was saying, is helping me out. And instead of being angry and unhappy and tired, I was laughing, I was praying, and I was thanking God that I'm walking in my two, in my two feet, and I came home and took a shower, and guess what? Everything was okay. I got a, you know, the, my, in my phone, they report every single banquet. They are telling me how is everything going. Not a problem whatsoever, because what? I'm looking for solutions, not for problems. Today, you know, this week is tough again. Today I walk into the building, there's nobody there. Nobody. It's supposed to be seven people with me today, it's nobody there. Be me and myself. Do I panic? No. I leave it up to God. And I know that everything will be okay. I know for, 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 for sure, 110%, because the faith that you have, it works. You don't get tired anymore because when you get tired, it's all in your mind. If your mind is clear of all the problems and you're looking for solutions, you don't get tired. Believe me, trust me, the 11th step tells you, you're not gonna get as tired anymore. So instead of panicking, you know, I call my boss and say, look, this is what's happening. I have this, 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 and that, but don't worry, nothing is gonna happen. Everything will be okay. Okay? And, and, and I tell you, I know. And my guys are calling me because these people are sick. Half of them are being sick for over a week. You know, any other time I will be angry at them. I'm telling you, you already have one goddamn week off. You know, and you tell me you're not coming to work. Do not come anymore, goddammit. With that exactly words, you know. And, and, and you have to bring me proof that you're sick, you know, you have to call the doctor and tell you to be your note that you are off for, 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 for 10 days or eight days or whatever the case may be. Now I pray for them, I call them and I tell them, you know, let's do, do not come to work until you're healthy. Until you feel okay, do not worry, your job is gonna be here. Why? Because you, you develop this humility in you. This arrogance and this toughness doesn't work. It make, that's what Lewis was sharing. It makes you tired. It makes you uncomfortable. It makes you angry. You know? And who is paying all this? You paying it. Your family is paying it because you come home, you know, complaining about every single thing. You know, my new, my new, my wife is on the phone telling everybody, you know, I said, I, she's, I came over here, her head over the phone talking with her mother and saying, look, my husband just come home and he's singing and dancing and taking a shower after 13 cotton days, hours of work. I, honest to God, that's what she told her. You know, and this is really what happened when you're really looking for solutions, the solutions will be there. God guide you and he will never, ever let me down yet. And he's, you know, if all, all I had to do is come and telling you all these little things, you know, and share with you all my defects, you know, and what is, what, how I was before and how my life is now. 
I honestly tell you this thing work. You know, all these problems are in your mind. 90% of your problems are here. And that exhausts you, that makes you tired, and if that stuff doesn't work for you, well, I think my time is over. Thank you for letting me share. Hi, Janet, alcoholic, addict, codependent, chaos creator. <laughs> Boy, that's exhausting. Chaos creating is exhausting. It's all in my head. You're right, David. <clears throat> it's true. Um, it's a bad, it can be a bad neighbourhood up there. And I've learnt um, by being in program for a long time that uh, my best days are when I'm close in on the program and using the tools of the program and the people in it to um, keep me feeling connected, you know? Um, and of course, developing that uh, relationship with um, my higher power and learning to trust. And uh, thanks, Lewis, for talking about expectancy. You know, I think that was a really lovely um, term to, I mean, <laughs> I'm a woman, right? You know what it means when you're expecting, right? But, but you know, it's like that, that living with expectancy for me means that even on my worst day, I can expect that either I'll get a really good lesson and therefore an opportunity to grow and become a better person. And I do that with... <clears throat> the guidance of the steps and the sponsor and, um, and God. Learning to trust that sometimes my path is not a comfortable one, but it's going to be okay. And believe me, I've got some shit going on in my world right now. And some of it is my own making, potentially. Some of it I haven't quite made yet, but I could be cautioned not to do. And um, some of it's to do with my son. And, um, you know, my, my instinct, my reaction when something like that goes on is to distract myself and find something else to go play with. And that's an old behaviour because that was effectively, that's, for me, I could be going to drink or drug. But what I'll do is I'll distract myself with anything that I can find so I don't have to sit with uncomfortable feelings. Um, but I'm getting better at accepting that those feelings not only are there, but they leave too. <laughs> so it's not something I'm um, looking to do, but when they come, um, I'm getting a lot better at um, being in acceptance and um, trying not to press panic buttons and the fuck it button. You all know about the fuck it button, right? You do? Excuse my language. Oh, profanity, I know, excuse me. It's very big and it's right in front of us all the time as addict alcoholics. We can hit it any time. And then I mentioned it last time, but the ego over there going, I'm ready. Doing its push-ups, waiting to jump on board and knock me off balance. And that happens to me pretty regularly, actually. Um, but I'm getting a lot better at um, seeing it, feeling it, and then owning it and saying, ha, look at that, isn't that interesting? 
I might try a, a, a different way. Um, for the newcomer, I would like to say that um, for me, when I first came into program, I felt so unsafe and anxious outside of meetings. I had to immerse myself in meetings. One meeting, one meeting wouldn't have worked for me. A week, I could not. That would not work for me. I was doing two and three meetings a week, uh, a day. Sorry, for months and months and months before I finally felt okay about really looking at the program. That's just how it was for me when I first came in. I didn't know about BBA back then. It's a different process, but uh, as someone that landed in AA, um, I just keep coming back to lots of meetings and creating a circle of um, associates who became friends, who I knew had my back. There was no agenda. Um, I didn't have to prove anything to anybody, although I tried to, because I had a bit of, bit of ego here. Um, but nevertheless, you know, I, I just knew that's where I had to be. And um, I did it. I did that for a long, for a long time, many years actually. I backed off a bit on the meetings, but I was really strongly connected and it, would, it was what really helped me to uh, not get lost up here. Because uh, that's, a, like I said, when I started, that can be a really bad, really bad neighbourhood. <laughs> so, um, anyway, the expectancy for me, just to, just to finish off, the expectancy is that um, even when it looks bad, it will be okay. It will be okay. God has a solution. Uh, sobriety is the way forward to being available for those solutions that come when um, when life on life terms hits, and it does. It doesn't stop, but it's how I respond to that. And I choose not to pick up a drink or a drug under any circumstances today. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Janet. Octavio Alcoholic. Octavio. Yeah, I think the gift for me is um, be able to see things in a positive note, right? Be more optimistic because I shared before, you know, that I will always look at the cup halfway empty instead of full. So the gift to me is gratitude, you know, that and I know when I share, when I'm invited to speak, I share a lot about my successes, right? Because in order for me to continue staying sober, I got to, I'm a person of reward, you know, so we go on trips to my wife, we've been married 18 years, and we go to, like, we've been to Hawaii, we've been to Jamaica, our goal is to visit all the 50 states, so we have this travel trailer, and we do trips, you know, we did a 20-day trip during the pandemic, went to Utah, Montana, ended up getting a truck up there, <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, Life is good, you know. I got to talk about that stuff because my alcoholic mind is negative, you know. And so I got to focus instead of here, here, you know. And the emotions, I got this group that I go on Monday, so I give that group up to be here. And I really miss the other group, man. It's just the fellowship, the, some, some of the things that I have. And I don't want to get too much off topic, but I got this uh, service thing that I do. And I just went to this weekend on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And again, it's about service, right? So we had 10 youth through the Boys to Men Mentorship Program in Spring Valley go through the weekend retreat, right? Back in the, you know, the days we all come from tribes, Filipinos, African, you know, the Aztecs. 
So we do a lot of cool stuff for them where they go through a three-day weekend retreat and they go in really late at night. And I don't want to get too much into the story, but they have to face their fears, right? And they have to go through the grandfather and, the, and, and speak to the wise people, right? But again, they have to face those shadows, those character defects, and what type of man do you want to be, right? So we go through this sword work where as they're coming in, we have these swords. And as, the, as they have to make a commitment, take responsibility, if they're able to challenge themselves over the weekend, and then we remove these swords and it makes this awesome sound, right? But they have a blast. They're so guarded and so scared, but at the same time, they have so many struggles and I'm amazed that a 12, 14 year old could survive what they speak about, right? So again, I'm able to help people now. I'm able to get back where before it was all about me. I mean, honestly, selfish as hell. I go to a party, I don't care how tired my wife was, I still wanted a drink. And then basically she complained enough, I'll give her the keys. And I do what I wanted. That's the bottom line, because that's what I learned from my father. And I thought that was being a man. But now I have a group of, through the NKP Mankind Project, emotion-based group that we're learning from elders, some people that have their lives well, right? It's not like I'm gonna go to advice to somebody that's broke. You know, they're rich in their life. You know, they have an awesome relationship with their spouse, you know, their kids. And, you know, our kids are 18, 24 now. You know, I know I look young, you know, but the bottom line is that we're able to be there for them, be a good example, and I can't ask for anything else, you know. To me, my best value is family, and that's what I was crapping on. I was really hurting them, like, big time. And I couldn't understand that. But now I don't have to be ashamed anymore because I know it's a disease, you know. I couldn't understand. I have this thing where I wrestled when I did football in high school, and I had this thing of never giving up, you know. And, and now I'm able to hand that over to God. Uh, I'm really excited right now. There's a project going on at my dad's house. It's been my dream to, we have a tractor and we're like working the land and we're expanding and we're gonna park our travel trailer over there instead of storing it at the KOA. But it's all been because of God, you know? If I could drink it, I already know I would've got a DUI, maybe been incarcerated. You know, my DUI in 03 cost me like 10 grand. I don't know what it'll cost now. I'm pretty sure it's double now. So the gift to me is I'm able to pay it forward. I'm able to get a better connection with God and I have a better relationship with my wife. And, and life is way better, you know? So that's to me is the gift. And I, I know I, <laughs> I, I share so much about that, you know? But it's honestly, life is good. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe at eastlakebba.com. You can also help us reach others by spreading the word about our podcast. Thank you for joining us today on the East Lake Big Book Awakening Podcast.